Oh, I think it's working. <laughs> Welcome to the No Holds Bod Witchcraft Podcast. The thing froze. It's almost like it's jinxed on me already, okay. just because he says I've got to do it today. Anyway, sorry. You're in charge Welcome. today, Chris. You're in charge. It, like, froze and everything. I was like, oh, my God. Anyway, what are we talking about today, Liam? Um... Uh, well, presumably the title of this podcast will have already been chosen, so we'll, uh, they'll already know. <laughs> yeah. um, but I was talking to someone today, I was talking to a mundane, okay? Nope. And uh, it's a mundane that I don't really know all that well, but it's someone I bumped into at Subway. Okay. And they were asking, how's it going with all this witchy stuff? Did he have a foot long? Is a she, and no, she had a salad. Oh, okay. One of those Who buys a salad, salad from Subway? Well, they add, like, chicken and various bits and stuff like that. I don't know. Um, but they were talking about witchy stuff and that, and they were talking about, is it or um, cursing and killing people and stuff? I said, no, obviously, witches do all sorts of nice things. She said... Oh, do you do all the love stuff then as well? I said, yeah, there's quite a lot of love involved with it. And she said, but surely that is evil, isn't it? She said, the old chestnut <laughs> of, but making people fall in love against their wills bad. And I said, well, you know, if you think about it, love is more than just falling in love with a romantic partner. And there's more approaches you could take than forcing someone that you kind of like the look of to fall in love with you you know and it's a very interesting. very very but interesting that that's where their mind goes to first <laughs> it's where their mind always goes now we talked a little bit about various things and that and they were saying about they were moving up gloucester way um so you know shooting the shit and chatting about various you know mundane crap what you've been up to since i saw you last sort of thing and it did get me thinking a little bit about the whole love thing. I don't think we've ever really tackled love, I guess. So... Well, we always kind of avoid it, don't we? Because, you know, we don't want to scare all the love and light lurkers off, do we? So, you know, we kind of skirt around it. I think that people... Because I'm typecasting here, right? And I think there's a lot of... Uh, people that are attracted to love and lighty stuff. There's a lot of people that start up doing love and lighty work and go to love and light workers for readings and the love psychics and all that sort of thing as clients. And those people are the people probably that are the least capable of dealing with love. So what I tend to find is that actually the people that go to seek it out, they're the people that are most unbalanced with the love aspects. And they're mm. the people that have got mostly the love problems, which makes sense why they gravitate towards it. But they seem to gravitate towards it without ever truly, really understanding it. Um, and they often stay away from the darker aspects of magic or what would be considered the darker aspects of magic, the, the curse and the influencing of wills and all that sort of thing. And it shows um, an unbalance there. 
but also that unbalance is normally very apparent when you talk to them for more than five minutes about the type of love work they want doing. Now, there's this one thing that comes up a lot, which makes, uh, it just makes me cringe, right? Where people talk about self-love work. Now, if you'd have asked me that a number of years ago and someone said self-love work, I'd have thought they were talking about going and having a wank, yeah. Um, <laughs> but actually, <laughs> what they're talking about is I'm pretty screwed up and I dislike myself in fundamental ways and I need. To, I know that that's a problem for me. I know that it holds me back in life and I'm going to meditate in front of a candle is what that screams to me. So I thought you were going to say meditate in front of a hand mirror then. Well, no, that's a different sort of um, <laughs> magical practice. Um, so where do you want to start with love? And let's completely ignore, for now, the love of romantic love for a partner. And going and finding your next Tinder um, online dating partner. Instead, let's focus on the very other, the other aspects of love that people don't really discuss. Because um, for me, most love is relationships and healing. And I tend to find with the love and light crowd, most of that work revolves healing. Hmm. I think I don't know I struggle because a lot a lot of the people that go in that direction like you say don't really quite understand what love is but also I think they also seem to be this group of people that are still tied to this very Abrahamic view um of there is just one person for everybody um so that kind of like I I almost feel like a lot of them are desperate to find that one like it's some kind of race and i think why they're so they end up having to go through the self-love and the shadow work is because they don't feel complete exactly yeah. so like, they're the ones that are always on about twin flames and their other half and that because they don't feel uh they don't feel complete like i think you're literally saying i, pre yeah. I presume we're on the same page with this but yeah, and, it creeps and actually, what they need isn't really self-love. What because it's not a lack of loving oneself; it's a lack of valuing oneself. And I think that's what they seem to misunderstand. Is with a lot of this, it's a case of, for whatever reason, you know, mental health, bad exes, family that doesn't love you. Like there's there's a list as long as your arm of reasons why people don't have self-worth. Mm. Um, you know, but I think what they tend to forget is that actually what what they think they need is somebody to remind them how much how special they are, which is why they go to the kind of love magics when actually and they're kind of like, oh, I need to love myself. Um, and actually, I don't think they quite get what that is. I think they think that actually if I start to love myself and convince myself that I like all these flaws, um, that I'll start to be more complete when actually I think what people need to realise often um, 
is that those flaws aren't flaws. Um, I have some of them are. We tend to. <laughs> we, all, we all have habits, but at the end of the day, there's always, you know, someone crazy enough to love us when we love ourselves. Like this is true. People have some very weird fetishes. I'll give you that. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? Like it doesn't matter that that's the flaw because the problem you've got is because you're looking at it as a flaw rather than thinking this is a unique quality about me. People are focused on the fact that actually. So these sorts of people really should be working on kind of confidence magic or, you know, trying to find ways um, to kind of demist the mirror so that they stop looking at themselves and kind of going, ah, oh, actually, I'm pretty fucking awesome. Um, and not in a delusional way, but kind of going, actually, I own my flaws and actually that makes a feature which is, you know, anybody that knows me knows that that's um, what I tell students. Um, I don't I don't like the word mistake. So I always say... Why do you call your students know. mistakes? <laughs> <laughs> no such thing as a mistake. That, what you have there is a feature. No one else will have done that. And all you need to do is attach a decent enough story, put a big price tag on, and then you have modern art. Exactly. Right. So self-love, if we're starting with that one, uh, the self-love people are emotionally screwed up, let's be fair, and they gravitate towards trying to fix that. And they gravitate towards all of these various places, people, and things that are kind of marking themselves as helping one fix that. So whether it would be a love guru, whether it would be those books of affirmations and self-help and all those sorts of things. But I don't tend to find any of these things really truly work. Um, maybe for a very, very small percentage of people, but most of the time they don't work. What they instead do is when I've met someone with issues like this, is they quote a load of bollocks from books and say, I know I need to feel this. I know I should feel that. I know that I'm unique. I know I'm good in this way. But what they're missing is they don't actually fucking believe anything they're saying because they're told you are good. But guess what? I'm really good with this sort of work because I'm the first person that will come round and turn around and say, now you need some improvement, love. <laughs> and that's completely the opposite to what everyone normally says. Everyone's always, you are unique, you're brilliant, you're perfect. And I turn around and I say, you ain't happy. And there's always room for improvement. So what are the things that you'd most want to improve and why? And then they'd normally rattle off insecurities or things that stem from insecurities and stuff like that. Now, what I don't then do is I don't then get them to... Uh, stick some oil and herbs on a candle and go and do some stuff what i tend to find is this is a progressive journey to fix this because there is magic that can be done to wave one's hand and fix issues you know providing you have the power the ability and experience and wisdom to do that but this self-love process is a process and if you want to deal with it in a healthy way it is not too disappointing 
from shadow work is a long process that is painful that does mean confronting things and as the self-help books will probably say things along the lines of when we come out of the womb and we're babies we don't dislike ourselves we don't dislove anything we don't look at ourselves in the mirror and think we're evil and horrible and ugly and all of that. We're just innocent babies and then we're programmed for blah, 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 and all that crap. And to a certain extent, a lot of things like this can come out with shadow work and stuff like that. But there does seem to be that there is a fear of really confronting issues with this type of person, this type of love and light. Let's call them love and light lurkers that type of person there is a fear of confronting that issue because either they're too scared that they can't cope with it because it's traumatic and stuff or they don't really want to go and do the work you know because I think on an on an intuitive level for most people they kind of know that there is a problem and that they're fucking kidding themselves and they kind of know that affirmations and that aren't going to work for this sort of thing if you want to be comfortable in your own skin the only way to do that is to actually be comfortable in your own skin and not try and convince and program yourself um like all of these fucking nlp coaches and shit program yourself to be in a good mood you know all that sort of thing a lot of the talking therapies and that it's just not it, it, it don't work well two things i want to say the first one probably could get me sacked oh which is should we do that on the patreon then <laughs> which is just one of those things where just to kind of loosely remind people that it in in the most bland and the most bland and simplistic way of saying it anxiety is caring too much um and actually <laughs> you know a, a big part of the of what is going on with anxiety is you are so fixated on a particular outcome or the danger of something it is caring too much and actually i think one of the best things that ever happened to me and i know mine's very specific but you know moving forward from my uh, my dark times was to basically go why does it matter um you know reminding myself that actually this is one life um out of thousands and thousands that i've had why does it matter so why am i stressing about it um and not in a i can't change it kind of way which is where lots of people go which yeah. is you know start stressing themselves with fate and destiny and going oh well you know it'll just happen the way it's supposed to happen i don't quite go that far but like there is a part of me that kind of just goes okay if i did die right this second would it really matter like yeah but for the average in the grand person, scheme they, of things, have the, they don't have the um understanding of the system that you do but it's interesting how much you know? of it when you talk about anxiety and stuff how much of it goes hand in hand with overthinking as well yeah but what is overthinking liam caring too much well it is about it's particular too much. Outcome. and to a certain extent i think with 
with the when I've seen people that are super anxious, it's almost like there's a there's a demon that tries to convince them no 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 no. Because yeah. I think that if they just go, because a lot of the time people are just taught to just go with it, just don't think and just go out that door, leave the house, you know, do the whole um, thing where you fall back on your partner, friend, whatever, these fucking corporate fucking, you know, adventure days and that sort of shit. And yeah. you've just got to not think about it. And just exercises and all of that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. But this, I think, all of this falls in the love category. It falls in the love category of magic. It falls in the love client. is just loving oneself and truly loving oneself. Um, and there are so many bad um, examples, role models and such, for what loving oneself is supposed to look like, I think. Mm. Because you've got narcissistic types, social media, of loving oneself is telling everyone else how brilliant you are and really pushing yeah. it out there for everyone to see, which that, to me, screams the opposite. Or um, well, the other one, which is the one that you were just talking about, which is that, no, I'm really a nice person. Well, what if you yeah. aren't? What if you're a complete prick? If you're a complete prick, there, there is no way telling yourself every day, I'm a good person, I'm a good person, I'm a good person, because you're not. Like, you know, I'm not going to sit here and <laughs> tell, tell myself that I'm a good person because I'm not. I think I'm a fair person, but I wouldn't say I'm good. Uh, you know, I do try my best to kind of be fair and kind of go, okay, or really, should I rip that girl's throat out, even though she doesn't know how annoying she is? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, the right thing to do is obviously not to, because it's frowned upon generally to to kill a person for, for what appears to be nothing. Um, and obviously those that are listening can't see that I'm doing anything. These are societal laws and rules, which is what yeah. you're also talking about when you're talking about I'm yeah. a good person, because... There is yeah. a case of you saying I am me and being comfortable with who you are, yeah, and actively changing the bits that you think I'm not actually comfortable with that habit or I'm not actually comfortable with this. Whereas when it's the I'm a good person, that is never coming from a, from an acceptance of yourself. That's coming from society would categorise me as a good person. Therefore, yeah. I can get something from that that categorization don't you when the truth is you just when the truth is when the truth is you don't know who you are and you don't let yourself know who you are and that if you opened up and tried to discover who you are you would probably be overwhelmed with mm -hmm. a lot of stuff which this whole facade is designed or seems to be designed to protect you from yeah. Which is why you're Obviously, going on and I'm a good person and going and doing yeah. too much work for people and charity and bollocks yeah. like that. Obviously, we're talking about all of you out there because obviously we know exactly who we are, which is exactly why we do the things we do. But, you know, there are still aspects of ourselves that we know what's behind the door. We just refuse to open it. But, um, but obviously, I'm speaking of my own trauma and damage there. Right. The second thing that I was going to say so that was the that was that was the one. The yep. second one was I'm going to steal your thunder and make Ooh. some kind of um PT reference by saying Ooh. actually actually my answer to it is the feeling of success. I think what most people struggle with 
is they don't feel like they're achieving anything. And I think the best way to kind of make, build that self-worth up is to achieve. Um, and I think from a magical point of view, if you happen to be one of these people that is also a witch, there are lots of ways for you to achieve that don't require you going to a gym um, or being nice to people. Like those things don't actually, aren't actually required if you have the magical persuasion and want to be able to, okay, well, I, what I can do is push my magical practice. I can throw some energy into my magical practice. And as I start to see those small wins, um, the wins okay. will get bigger and bigger. And I feel kind of like, actually, fuck what anybody else thinks about me. I'm a fucking witch. I, I, I would interject and say where <laughs> some people may be thinking about this is Chris is basically saying, look, I'm an ugly old hag, like an old witch from a fucking horror film, but I'll, I've got some power to control the winds. So I'll just I'll just go overboard with that. <laughs> no, and I don't I, think that's no, really what you mean, but that is literally what came into my head as a woodcut of some old witch with a war who's like an ugly <laughs> trollop. And she's like, well, is that because I mentioned the gym? I'm useless at everything, but <laughs> is that because I mentioned the gym? I can control that. I can control the winds. <laughs> so I guess I'll just go with that. <laughs> My point is the very basic work that can be done, and I'm no doubt we'll talk about it after the watershed as we do. Um, but you know, things like glamour work um, and energy manipulation work is very much a quick win space of kind of going, okay, I'm carrying all this negative energy around with the self hate. What I don't, you know, what people will tell you you need is to oh, fill the love in the room. No, what you need to be able to do is to make use or get rid of that negative energy, that dark weight, and actually learn how to manipulate the fuck out of it is what you really need to be doing. Um, obviously, it's a short lived win on the sense that eventually, if it's doing it right, you're not going to be having those bad i hate myself feelings so don't use that as a power source <laughs> when you're trying <laughs> to get rid of something um which is often what happens with a lot of these machines to eat the bad feelings and you're kind of like well the machine is now looking for the bad feelings um magic will convince you that you need to have more bad feelings so that, <laughs> so that it can continue to be fed um but you know i think a lot of people miss an opportunity because actually their anxiety at the same time is telling them not to do it because they're not if they're not good at life they won't be good witches either and, and it's a lose-lose situation whereas i think actually the answer is always give it a go what's the worst that can happen it doesn't work okay so so this is this is this is there are so many ways to go with this um and we're gonna have to break starting things down into other podcasts one thing that i need to put out there be just because i don't know the actual quote i'm wondering if you know it there's something along the lines of um finding something that you're willing to die for someone should always have something that they're willing to die for which basically means from where i see it um is that 
all these people that are trying to put on a show and fit in with society, actually, the true people that are happy are the people that have found something in their life that they don't care about going against the grain for. So witchcraft is one of those things because we as a magical practitioners and public witches let's be fair we're honest about our practice with mundane people you know we don't keep it a secret we will encounter people that will think that we're fucking a bunch of crazies we're a bunch of crazies that we're weird all of that sort of thing and yet we don't care there are a lot of people out there that will hide who they really are and there's reasons for that, and there are logical reasons, whether it be persecution or things like that. But when there is none of that, you need to really think about not necessarily witchcraft in general, but you as a person, what do you have in your life that you would die for? Is it family? Is it a specific work? What is it that is of true meaning to you? And I'm seeing in this day and age, more and more and more people that have nothing, that they have nothing that they, you know, truly feel connected to or truly feel is bigger than themselves. Some people still have family and stuff like that that they would say, mm -hmm. but there seems to be an increasing amount of people in this day and age that really don't have that thing that they're willing, you know, that they think is greater than themselves. Um, another thing that I want to pick up on was quite an interesting one, which was glamours, which we've talked about before. And um, the glamour magic that you see is the Instagram filter. It's the old-fashioned equivalent of Instagram filters, as above, so below. <laughs> um, and that is the kind of glamour is where you're trying to project something else. A lot of the glamour magic I'm seeing from people is I'm not happy about that. I want to go up a notch. I want to go from a five to a seven, you know, looks wise. And it's all very looks, looks, looks. I see traditional glamours, like your dead man's hand charm and stuff, of I don't want to be seen because I'm breaking into somewhere late at night type magic of a glamour of a shield of a you know incognito type thing or i want to go and blend in with this i want to go and blend in with that but what i see now with a lot of glamour magic um is i want to feel pretty and i want other people to be attracted to me which kind of goes towards the love and the lust and all that sort of things and then i find that quite unusual because that means no one talks about the other forms of glamour magic which works so wonderfully well um, so that was another one. We can revisit that in another day because we've only got four minutes left until we, the Patreon kicks in. Um, but what else do you want to cover then? Because this was uh, this was about love in general, not so much romantic love. We've talked about self-love a little bit. Um, what other types of love are there? Because there's the whole Harry Potter thing we've talked about as love being used as a uh, not a weapon, but a battery with protections. So love and protection and that kind of thing can often go hand in hand. But then that kind of goes back to what I was talking about earlier, about particularly when it's love, relationships, family, that kind of thing. Many people would die for their children or for their spouses and such, their family. Um, and that goes back to, well, I found something that is more important than me, something that I would give my life for.
again, you know, so, you know, other aspects of love, healing's a big part of it, as we know. I was going to say, I think a lot of people go straight to, oh, well, when you're talking about love and healing, you're either going from this kind of love and light point of view, Mm. uh, where it's just throw empty energy in one person's direction with no programming. Uh, Obviously, that's what I mean by empty for those listening. But the, you know, um, energy with no programming or um, they're talking about, um, you know, Marvin Gaye, let's get it on kind of sexual healing <laughs> which is yeah. completely completely different to actually having an understanding of what that means so you know what does <laughs> what does healing energy actually feel like mm. um because they talk about it they talk about it all the time um you know but they generally are actually talking about generic energy just because you've got the intention of healing it, you know, using it for healing, doesn't therefore make it healing energy. So what actually does that energy feel like? Mm. Um, And actually, my best example of that would be that's what love feels like. That kind of, which I know sounds really soppy, but that kind of, that kind of energy often is that it's you caring for something else, that kind of passive love energy of kind of going you need this more than me that kind of so when when i i met by that that's why you know when we talk about venusian energy yeah. we're often talking about healing energy when we're talking about it and it's not from a you know marvin gay way um but i think that's actually coming up to it so you know those yeah. that um are actually listening and really want to know what shit we're going to talk about next need to go and get on the patreon get on Um, the patreon people thoth witchcraft patreon you know right bye then (laughs) and look it's magic as if by magic we're actually now on the patreon chris so um there is something i i I kind of wanted to say in the first half um and i want to see what your opinion of this is now i've noticed that and I'm not just talking about social media, but I'm talking about things in general, but you can point to social media posts and stuff and highlight it in text form, as opposed to having quote people or point it out in a public place, you know? So I'm just gonna go with that. Um, Self-loathing, upset people with a lot of self-love problems and issues are the first people to empathize and want to throw random energy out to other people they identify as being similar to them. I do not see the people that are actually happy with themselves running around trying to empathise and help other people who are going through some nasty, rough, self-loathing mental health shit. It's the people, and this is the problem, this is a problem that I identify that people do not talk about. There's this big thing that gets quoted. Everyone says it. You don't understand. I empathise because I've been there. (laughs) Honey, you are there. You never got over it. The addiction to trying to help someone else that is in the same boat as you, maybe a little one, further forward maybe not quite as far as you but that addiction to be able to help that 
very often means that you are the last fucking person that's actually going to be able to get through to that person because that is that is literally not an approach that you can take the, to go on that journey of actually fixing healing what that is is band-aids i i tell you what i feel for you i have gone through all of what you're telling and this band-aid worked for me and that band-aid worked a little better and i'm still a pit of self-despair but i'm functional yeah and that's like, what i'm I, saying i probably and i every time i say it i kind of go maybe i am just a heartless prick and mm. actually but the the amount of people i've had ask me go oh you know my daughter um my sister whatever someone i care about um is going through a really hard time at the moment uh you know depression's a problem they're cutting myself they're cutting themselves blah 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 um um how can i help and each time my answer is well you can't until they ask you to you know the only thing you can do is be present so that when they are ready to speak to you you are there because you're available like that you know there is nothing you can say or do that's going to magically pull somebody out of that you know and i'm using that term as a pun um but you know there is nothing you can do that's going to pull them out of that that despair unless they want to come out of it unless you can um, reprogram their brain and that requires you know, a lot of higher level magical stuff and also exactly. ethical dilemmas because exactly because away at the end of the day Mm. In, end of the day, that kind of healing magic um, is not that you know. That kind of uh, that kind of help um, isn't going to come from mind control, which is surely just as uh, just as bad as when you're trying to steal someone else's husband. Um, you know, is no different because ethically, what you're doing yeah. is taking ethically you're taking someone's choice away, um, and if they choose to, you know, end things um for this time around anyway you know that is their choice too um oh, Chris, i didn't realize you, know, you were gonna go all dignitas like i was i was gonna go all dignitas there too <laughs> but you know i just kind of to get actually out there just to really labor the point you've just made liam you know i think that i needed to go that far in the sense that people do get themselves into this place where they they empathise and they care, but actually, there is a part of you that's going. How much do you care to take away someone else's choice? So you know, you just kind of at that kind of point. Mm. Where, and that's why the word mercy killing exists. Well, that's, that's, that's too invested. It. The people that want to go and cure the person or fix the person are those people themselves which they're in so much pain by watching this unfold when you are actually back and unbiased you are willing to look and watch what unfolds and assist with the unfolding what happens is when you get and they all go around calling themselves empaths and stuff which basically what that means is i get overly involved and cannot shut off from other people is what yeah. most people that call themselves empaths because all people that develop psychic ability can 
interact with people's emotions and they can pick up things you know if you're an empath that generally means i don't know when to fucking stop <laughs> oh you just don't know what it's like being an empath <gasps> that's what it is or it's attention seeking but normally those two often go hand in hand anyway because that's a mechanism for making one feel better about the, their own selves <laughs> not not to deal derail the discussion but just because you'll find it funny um and obviously this is a patreon so it's funny um you know how i don't tend to really drink these days because i don't like the loss of control yeah um obviously i've only had a couple of pints but i don't drink very often um I, so what you're saying is you're pissed, and this is why no, all these things and references to Dignitas and no, you almost get the no. sacks come out. No, not at all. I have very good self-control, and it would take a lot more than two points. I'm from the north, Liam. Didn't you just um, say pints? Huh? Didn't you say three pints? No, I said two. Oh, two okay. is not enough. It might be enough for a robot like you. No, I thought you said you time. had three pints. No, I had two. Oh, okay. Um, it would take a lot more than two points to get me there. Anyway, the interesting and funny thing for you all to listen to is the fact that I do a lot, have a tendency to do accidental magic when I've had a drink. Um, <laughs> and and the worst be... thing is you encourage other people to do it as well, because I've watched this happen before my eyes. I know. I mean, I've watched it. <laughs> enough occasions to know that this isn't a one-off this is like a thing you have um well just as we were coming on live i don't know if you saw the notifications liam from youtube no um, probably not because you're probably using your phone but the um the thing that came on literally as we started was that um our friend over over that's just released his book barbarous words um was doing a live on youtube at the same time and my instant thoughts were how rude how dare he be on there while we're trying to record bearing in mind we're not recording live like you or know, going no on youtube or anything like that. i think you're showing the fact that you despise him and think that he's a prick well just put it this way i had i've just had the the third notification right. um from him at, like from him trying to go li live for the third time, literally oh. labelled third time lucky. And I'm kind of going, oh. whoops. Like I didn't do that on purpose, but that does like sound like something like I, that what I would do. That does sum up uh, most, uh, many instances of accidental magic where you, you actually do want something normally it's a reaction it's reactionary you actually do want something but you don't want enough to continue dwelling on it it's just like a thought that pops in your head and out and as they always say about spell work and letting go of spells sometimes you can let go of them so quickly that you forget you've even done them <laughs> exactly <laughs> because at why the end do you of day, think george harris time, is a prick then? time is relevant because uh, I don't. I it just irritates me the little drama that he had over over the Keldon book. He didn't. He how, got his um, not boyfriend, but the one that is probably fancy. 
No, but he commented too. It wasn't uh -huh. just this person. He started the row and then let his little minion continue it. Um, so I just, do you know what I mean? Like, I kind of feel like an eye for an eye. You were petty, so I'm going to continue to be petty. When and I know I that's... No, as in you, he was petty. Oh, I see. He was petty. He was petty. Um, he was petty, so I'm continuing to be petty because I don't feel I've got it out of my system yet. Right, okay. So so what I'm sensing here, being the good empath that I am, is that there needs to be <laughs> some work done on this. And Chris, you just need to fill yourself with love. These emotions of anger and hatred towards your fellow man are not warranted. You should love thy enemy. Love thy enemy, Chris. I don't hate anybody enough to care and call them an enemy. Um, <laughs> because that would suggest that they actually mean something to me. But the... Um, so, you know, it's not a case of I'm going to lose sleep over it. It's a kind of like... In that moment, I'm just like, oh, fuck you, you prick. Um, but the problem is, when I don't compose myself and have full control, the go fuck yourself, you prick, comes with extra, is what I'm saying. Um, so, you know, I don't really care enough. It's kind of, I don't know, irritated that the level of shit he's putting out there is nowhere near what ours is, and he has much better ratings. Well, clearly their fucking <laughs> protection tattoos aren't doing the trick, are they? Clearly. <laughs> Which is why I thought you would find Troy it entertaining. Books publication. <laughs> Which is why I thought you'd find it entertaining. I do find it entertaining, but I think that this flies in the face of everything we were talking about with this podcast, bearing in mind this podcast was supposed to be about love. So I'm thinking, how can we work on ourselves so that we do love George and I forget what the other one is called. The Scottish Cunning Ways. I just yeah, call that him one. that. He doesn't even have um, a name anymore. The Scottish Cunt Ways. Uh, cunning Ways. <laughs> Um, how can we do work on ourselves so that we love these people who are our peers, Chris? They are our oh, peers. They are part oh, of the magical, the magical oh, community. Oh, okay. Well, they so are. You're... They are. They are professionals, and they are teachers. Okay. So yes, technically they are our peers. Okay. Because okay. I know you don't like me bringing up the patchwork quilt room, but... <laughs> no, just no. But they are still all your peers, you know? They're we not my peers. The same... Well, they are, though. They're not in my boat. They're in the same line of work. So they're peers, aren't they? Is that not they how don't that do works? What... They don't do what we do. They, know... they don't do what we do in the ways we do what we do. <laughs> okay. Let's move on. Self no, because I'm thinking we need to fix this. I'm thinking this could be our life, almost life, healing of love. And how can we do generate some healing love energy for you and me to get over this this thing? Because we talked about uh, self 
you know, delving into the self and chips on the shoulder and confronting issues and stuff like that. So I'd like to use this as an example of what is it that you dislike about those two people? Because I don't know if it's the same as what I dislike. I dislike them because they're shit. So <laughs> That's what I'd... I would also say if I was I dis... being defensive. <laughs> I dislike them for the same reason I dislike a lot of magical, so-called magical YouTubers, which is they're not aware of their own bullshit. Um, right. And the, the thing is, like, you know, we both, we're not saying, in no way, shape or form am I saying either of us is untouchable. If that was the case, I wouldn't call you a robot every week. Um, you know, we both, we both are aware of where our shortcomings are from a magical yeah. point of view. Um, what I'm lacking... What I'm seeing a lack of there is awareness of themselves. So which is why it was a perfect one for this talk about self-love and how actually stop focusing on what you want to happen and take a look at why it's not happening. Because the answer is normally something is blocking that route. And it's not normally that you don't love yourself enough. It's down to the fact that actually something is blocking. So it's that... Is that self-loathing? Because self-loathing is not the same as not loving yourself enough. What if they're um, just crap and just don't know much about magic and they are trying to give people what they do now, which is colour correspondences for yarns? Are you giving them too much credit, Chris? What if they are genuinely trying? If they're genuinely trying, I, I don't, I don't know what to say about that. I'm then that maybe the world is as bad as we keep saying it is, and that the the Norse lot are going to eat them alive, let alone the Mesopotamian. Oh lot. my gosh! But this is what this is where my thing comes into it because the, for me, I don't dislike the people. I think the people themselves are probably really nice guys, right? What they do is they're symbols. And they're symbols for their audiences. And what their audiences are, are people that want to embrace magic and walk down a magical path, but are settling for this trash. And it's not just that they're settling for this trash, because some people are the types of people that I want to know a little bit about ghosts and stuff. I'll go on a ghost hunt and then I'll run away screaming. Oh, I'm too scared. I couldn't go through with it. That's that's fine. What I am so upset about and annoyed about is that the audiences for said people genuinely think that this is great occult knowledge and held the key for their future success. I see that they are reaching people and I see that they are making a difference. And unfortunately, what that difference is, is just unbelievable. The fact that you can put out such low quality information and magical practice and it actually means something to people. That's what I dislike and they become symbols of that. The fact that people really love and their work and their personal practice has become so much better from knowing 
to use a baby blue yarn for a specific type of work screams to me there is a problem with the magical community yeah and because i love magic and i love watching people develop that is painful to watch it's painful to watch yeah that's the that's what i would need to do and what i'd need to do as a robot is to become more detached but the problem is is like with anything i've been driven to do this work and go on this journey with you doing all the fluff stuff because i care so if i didn't care i would not be bothering to teach or mentor mm -hmm. so there needs to be enough of me that still cares to continue to mentor and feel like i'm making a difference and have that drive but not enough of me to get over over invested which is very interesting when it comes to the people that do love magic chris going back to love magic because yeah. i think of the magical practitioners and professionals whether it's the naughty people that do the hexes and the killings and the curses whether it's the people that focus on money or psychic regions or stuff like that the ones that overindulge the clients that get over invested with the clients all tend to be the psychics maybe that's just me that thinks that mm. I don't, obviously it's not only you that thinks that, but then you can't base my opinion on the only person that thinks that because, you know, people start to call us sycophants. Um, but the, uh, what I struggle with, because it's not just them, like you say, it's it's what they represent. And what they represent is the fact that there is now, and, and the movement of the, you know, the PKTWs, and I know we're going off, but they won't care because this is gold, um, is the fact that actually what that represents is actually more of the same. Mm. So the traditional witchcraft, like you said, we have said a million times over, traditional witch was a slur. It was a joke. It was, and now they are choosing to use that title themselves, brandish it very proudly. But what I don't understand is because at the end of the day, there are those people that practice in a traditional way. Like, you know, who do we constantly talk about and absolutely adore, which is the, you know, um, the Empress herself and the poison. Um, but there is that kind of part where you kind of go, what you're preaching is that the best way to behave was something we did thousands of years ago and that there is no progression from that. Like if you if you if what they were selling were new ways to do things that were done traditionally, you know, like the Lady Poison herself, you know, that I can really get behind. But you can't call that traditional witchcraft because that's not what it is. It's something new. You may you may take the the gnosis um, from from something that is um, old and re rekindle and change that into something new that is not traditional magic like you know that now it's traditional practice um because at the end of the day th when these things were done they would have been in some way shape or form cutting edge you know it's it's what like whenever i look at a craft a piece of craft whenever somebody makes something look old in order to make it more appealing you know when they're forcing something to look older than it is or doing something in a 
and I'm going to use that word I hate, primitive way um, on purpose to somehow give it further value, that offends me. Because the practice itself should be in that traditional method. If it's in the traditional method, you're always pushing for something new, which is why I hate the word traditional. But now I've just gone off on a rant and you've stopped listening to me. Um, I'm trying to find a quote, Chris. I'm actually oh, okay. trying to find a quote. Oh, okay. What, but you the... can carry on talking because I want to go off on a slight tangent now. Oh, okay. And but... I, I want your opinions on, on slight tangents, but I need to find an interview I have in this okay. little book with a Wiccan queen, a queen of Wicca, because I think I remember seeing it and I um... remember thinking, Fuck me, I've got to highlight this, but I didn't put bookmark in it, which was annoying. I just thought, yeah, so just to kind of, just, <laughs> just to kind of hate, you know, just to share is, is kind of actually, like I said, I don't dislike them as people. I dislike that voice, and hence why the, the YouTube part is a natural expression, just to kind of, you know, publicly psychoanalyze how that magic works is the fact that that's what I dislike is the mantle that they have. I don't dislike them as a person. And I could completely go off on a tangent now and talk about J.K. Rowling and why it doesn't offend me. Because Ooh, actually, go and talk about J.K. Rowling. But that's just um, because at the end of the day, I don't like anything she says, but I just don't listen to her. Um, there's only one thing I like about her, which is the books that were produced and the movies and other things that have spun off from that. Um, actually, I have no interest in what she thinks in any way, shape, or form. Right. So this, this, this is an unusual, unusual live kind of um, thing. So there's two things that I wanna wanna make. One, I need to ask you a question, which I've just got the answer pop into my head. So thank you very much for that. I can now look it up in the index. Well done, Chris. Um, okay. The second thing is there's this certain group of videos, right? planetary type videos that one's not supposed to talk about and i'm thinking there needs to be a new series because this series that we're not supposed to talk about goes by hours right first hour yeah. second hour third hour i'm feeling like there needs to be a new series but we replace hours with pints okay. <laughs> where there's a first pint <laughs> <laughs> a second point, a third point, and it goes on and on and on and on and on, and they come out in sections. And how much interesting and intriguing gnosis there would actually be with that. And I think that's something the patrons would literally pay for. And given their own patron and they're already paying for it, we need to do this at some point. Well, obviously, it would be a tier two situation anyway. But, yeah. you know, they're just kind of like, OK, I get that. The only problem is we drink at different speeds. So. Yeah, but we don't have to drink the same thing. Five pints. No, but if we drank the same thing, I wouldn't get to the same level of drunk. And that's kind of where you want to get. Well, you can go on the hard stuff. And I haven't, I don't drink at all, so I'll have to just stick to cider or something. Probably. If I was really bad, I'd go on the whiskey, but I'd be fucking, I'd be so screwed. 
but the thing is you they also need to be able to hear what we're saying and i feel like there is a point i don't know i could probably read the i could probably reach the 12 point mark if that's what if that's what you're wanting to do i'm just not sure you could get to point 12 that's what i'm saying well, so at do that we point need to it would turn into a ramblings, wouldn't it? Do we need do we need to ha do we need to create some kind of handicap system like they do in golf? Where I think for every I point think this last man stand is, is, is we we pick our poison and then it's it's last man standing. And then we could turn the last episode, which just end up being a, a ramblings. But there's something there was a point that all of this was supposed to come to, and I've forgotten why it was. Um, but I have no giving us a quote. There's an in there's this in this book that I did and not a book review on. There's a section which is talking to Maxine Sanders, who happens to be one of the oh, co-founders okay. of one of the Wiccan traditions, one of the big ones. And we we shit on Wicca, right? And this has come about because of the whole love thing that we're talking about, and those two guys that we've got an abundance of love for. Um <laughs> We just don't have any abundance of love for the things they say. And you started talking about traditional witchcraft, and this became very apparent with a difference in today's society versus mm -hmm. yesterday's 20th century. So, um, Mrs. Maxine Sanders says, the numbers involved are now huge. She's talking about witchcraft. More than 6,000 people attend the witch fests, we went there, in England every year. And the growth in America has been fantastic. Yet this growth has weakened the dedication and quality of new initiates. Blah, 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 blah. When we started, we selected only those with real psychic potential and got rid of those who could not complete the training. That's what Lady Poison does. Yeah. yeah in their coven and uh, thing. Now covens search everywhere for new recruits and training has turned into one long counselling session to keep people involved. That comes from one of the founders, one of the big... Elder Wiccans. Now, I blame partly her and a bunch of people because the Wicca, okay, they came about and they started making shit up and speeding a load of bollocks, but most most cool, you know, things that come along do pretend to have ancient origins. But there was a very big part uh, with Wicca where there was a lot of serious people in the beginning and a lot of the actual traditional old-fashioned Wiccan covers when it first started going in the 1950s up until the 1980s I'd say around that sort of time was very serious and you had to actually pass and you had to be able to actually do shit right what then happened was it was the kind of all of the well we're all part of a community we shouldn't exclude people bloody bloody blah, blah, blah now these two practitioners which they are practitioners that we were talking about earlier. So the Cunting Ways and George, whatever. They're very big proponents of do whatever you like, everyone's special, and everyone has equal say, and everyone is equal. And that flies in the face of every form of classical witchcraft you will ever fucking meet. All of these cool, all of these people they quote, 
because they're traditional yeah. witches, which means they open books of people burnt at the stake and they look at the classics and all of that sort of thing. It flies in the face of the complete opposite. It says, and from the stuff in, that I know for a fact, from I'm going by published works of theirs now, that flies in the face of, oh, Back in the day, you had to go through this really difficult training and this initiation that was so fucking difficult. And if you made it, you really would have gone on an experience that would have really pushed you for an alchemical change and you would be a different bloody person because of it. But it's okay. We know that that's too difficult in this day and age and that it might hashtag trigger you. So instead, <laughs> you don't have to do that. Now you can just light a candle that is the problem. So with the our thing work, is, we please go on because otherwise I'll carry on. I know. It comes down to the fact that we we are very aware of the fact that actually there's a reason those witches and those cults don't exist anymore. Yeah. And it's not anything, regardless of what you're going to read or make up, is anything to do with the <laughs> With the oncoming of the uh what what's will's favorite phrase for that is it the, the apn he calls it the apns that's it <laughs> it had no but no there are people who are listening that don't know what apn stands that's for. fine they'll have to go read some shit the oh, um the apn um coming along is not the reason that these deities cults died out they died out because people weren't willing to go to the lengths that they were willing to go to before. So therefore, cults like that hid their knowledge away. And by that, we don't mean in the Vatican archives is what people like to spout that shit on a regular basis. Oh, gosh, yeah. Um, is the fact that actually, at the end of the day, they're not there. They're hidden in places that the the Christians would never get to, love. Um you know, because they're not capable of getting to those places. Um, you know, lodges, temples were closed. And by that, we mean not taking any more initiates, not taking any more on, because actually the calibre wasn't high enough for them to continue. So it was all stored up, not because it might be burnt and scared away. It was locked away on the basis that when people were of a calibre high enough to access it again, it would be available. Um, and this is what supposedly the Age of Aquarius was supposed to be about. Yeah. Although so far not seeing it and some of this alchemical change may be required in order for people to actually get to the point they would like to get to. Um but anyway, that turned into a rant about some things very different. But we we were overdue a rant. We haven't done this for a while. We've been too tame. Um, well, so I'll, maybe just we need my, more. I'll just give my two cents on that, see if I can tie, tie things together. So we're all still on the same page, and I'll do a little summary for that. So Lovely. much of these, these great true mystery schools, traditions, some would even say potential um, cults and stuff, from the classical perspective, um, obviously have shut up shop, but they exist on a multi-dimensional level, which means that they are still accessible. Now, 
the problem is not that we have lost the information. The problem is that they don't see any potential in the people we have now and the people that are running around and calling them, you know, waving fucking... I was going to say Birkenstocks. I don't know why she came to mind. Waving crushed velvet and stuff around. They don't see the potential. The gatekeepers that are not... Well, okay, there might be at this point a couple of physical gatekeepers in the world still, you know, about that are walking those mysteries. But the gatekeepers of the etheric nature do not feel that there are worthy people. And we have found, I think you'd agree, people that have proven themselves to be worthy and that have been approached. And that they cannot escape to it because they've basically been claimed. <laughs> Which is besides the point because they're all too happy and excited about being claimed. I, d I don't see a problem with that. Everyone's happy. Um, but that ties into this, this situation. Everyone that's listening to this has a role to play. You're all extremely important. How big that role is, is up to you. It really is up to you, but you do have a role to play and you are playing that role by going down a magical path. So go and fucking meditate on that or something, because that's what you're supposed to do in it. Whenever you want to digest information, they tell you to go and meditate. Um, the people who already know will already know and want to chuckle to themselves. The people that don't know might go away and want to have a little contemplation. Um, but basically, this is all about love, and we all are very loving people. Love, love, love. Self-esteem issues. Uh, love and romance. Love and family. Indulgence. Some say people are the loves and indulgence. But what I would say is, love is really rather of a notion. <laughs> and I think I want to kind of reiterate what you said earlier and second it, which is that ultimately the thing we both love most is magic mm. and not in that kind of power hungry way either before someone gets misquoted but the in the fact that actually you know we adore that practice and it's not any particular practice it's just that kind of hero's journey i guess is probably the closest yeah. someone can equate it to yeah of someone that really just only wants to just keep improving um and he's willing to put the effort in you know to climb that mountain to push that point um and at the end of the day if you're not willing to do those things you have already handicapped yourself um and I did promise that we were going to do some kind of content on that. So we may have to do another one of these. Um, is that point of accidentally handicapping yourself is definitely something that needs to be discussed. Uh, the difference between cursing oneself, which is what lots of people think is happening, um, and actually a magical handicap. Those two things are very different. But the, you know, just that kind of to end that, I think very much so we are both we both adore magic and the journey that that is um and i wonder 
if the likes of people like you know georgie and his um mate do they love magic i think they do love magic or do they um, just idolize it i i think i different. think they are practitioners they do love magic i think that they that what overshadows their practice is ethics morality and there is not enough of a first to improve and the reason for that is because i think they have extremely limited sight despite obviously at least one of them i know being a professional psychic have very limited sight in regards to understanding how much time there is actually left because there's not a huge amount of time before actually some people are going to have to start putting some of this magic into practice you know you can do a couple of mock exams but there's only so much time to do mock exams before the final exam and that's what you get graded on so i would say that yes there are people that will stumble in and out of a magical path and that's fine there has always been a, 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 a kind of level of practice and a, a kind of number in terms of population wise anyway percentage of people that really delve in and unfortunately that number of percentage is dwindling in the 21st century despite all of the things that are at disposal at our disposal and it is a societal problem and the caliber of the one percent we'll talk about the one percent one percent of magical practitioners is getting lower and lower and lower unfortunately we need to see a reverse of that otherwise bad shit's gonna happen which ultimately we don't really care about, but you know, it doesn't affect us. <laughs> no. I mean, what will happen will happen anyway. It's already kind of set in stone to a certain extent, but that doesn't mean that we should, because I'm not one to bury my head in the sand and pretend something's not happening when actually it is. Is there anything else we should go for? Because we've been over an hour now. Yeah, we've been we've gone well over, but that's fine. They deserve it every now and again. Um, so yes, basically, practice makes perfect. Um, you just don't realise quite how high that perfect mark is, um, and you'll never truly ever reach it. None of us will. But the um, yeah, well, I can't think what I was going to say. Yes, join the Patreon. Those that obviously are already on them because you are here need to go up a tier um, because some good shit's going to happen soon. Um, and already lots of good shit has already happened. But there is more, believe well, it or not. Well, there's a big there back of rambling crap and special planetary things that we don't talk about and all sorts of things. Um, but we have said that we are going to talk about the mesopotamian problem uh, on a podcast at some point so i don't know if that's going to be a podcast on no holds barred witchcraft or we do have another podcast which is on tier two which some people don't know about which is um the no holds barred occult ramblings which is like crazy mystic shit 
it's literally like raw um ramble 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 so i don't know what, where we will approach this mesopotamian problem but so many people have showed an interest in it they're probably capable of understanding it because of the specifics of the questions people are answering but I know that a lot of you have got an interest in it anyway. So I know we did say that we are going to do some content on it. So you can stop asking now. Um, it will get done when it gets done. <laughs> Anything else, Mr. Chris? No, we're good. Okie dokie. Well, over and out. Uh, good night. Good luck. Goodbye. <laughs>